could go break it down. I was grooving the whole time, man. This episode is sponsored by the letter at Pitt's friends. Vibes friends. Vibes friends. Vibes friends. Vibes friends. Vibes friends. Oh, we still do it? Sorry. Whoops. My bad. Bye. This episode of Filatino Life has been brought to you by a lack of Vivance. I need to blow my nose. Can you believe Stacy turned us into a song? That's fire, guys. Available on iTunes. It's not, but it should be. Truly. No, seriously. We need to release that. Yeah. As like a standalone. We just fantastic. Honestly, fantastic. Fire. When she explained how she found, how she created these sounds, I did not believe it. I was freaking out. And Ammo made fun of me for not knowing what a hi-hat is. That's a whole other story. The hi-hats in the song are a slice of an S that I say in a random word that she chose. Okay, so in between, Ammo, and please explain if this, if this makes sense, in between the kick drums and the snare drums, it's like that's that's me. That's me. That's my voice. It's like the tss in brumts. Yeah. Thank you. You are my vocal backup. And so the S is me. And everything about the wow, like everything about the bass is ammo saying wow. Wow. So that, Stacy somehow turned that into the bass of that beat, that song. Wow. <laughs> Honestly. Literally, wow. <laughs> yeah honestly stacy yeah fantastic thank you so so good ammo we made it six episodes this is the seventh the first season how do you feel yeah i feel uh i feel tired mm-hmm. we did it though we did it i feel tired but enlightened i feel mm-hmm. um thanotized thanotized is that a word no, for you, we will make it a word, though. Yes, I feel learned. <laughs> I also feel really proud of us. I mean, look at us. So Just cute. Look at us, guys. I know. Like, we, we went from two people who thought they hated each other to becoming really good friends and making a podcast together. Thought we hated each other? I came into this project because <laughs> <laughs> we felt that having someone funny, um, and I'm hysterical. Easy so I, there, bud. Easy there. So I fit the bill. Uh, and someone who didn't know anything about thanatology coming in would help listeners digest the heavier themes, right? But over the course of scripting, producing, recording, uploading, all the other content that comes with that, I've learned so much about death grieving and death literacy it's crazy how do you feel in greek that means what can i say what is there to say i am honestly filled with so much gratitude more than anything especially considering you agreed to do this with me so thank you (laughs) i remember when i started to work on this project outlining the big goals for when it comes to education and policy changes when i started to interview people in the sector I felt like there needed to be a little bit of a buffer before jumping right into it because we know these topics can be a little challenging Mm -hmm. to absorb. They can be heavy, you know? So some foreplay was needed and that is where you came in, my friend. (laughs) 
And I really think the stars align for us to meet despite us being very much indifferent to each other at first. I'm grateful that I guess you can now say we've become the best of friends. So I know this is recorded, so you can't. I know it's fine. (laughs) This is recorded. It's fine. You said it earlier. You said it first. I didn't say this is fake news. You said it first. We had some interesting moments while recording. What do you think was your favorite one? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I would have to say that it would the fact that as a native English speaker and as an as a graduate of English literature, <laughs> clearly I can't even do it in this fucking sentence. <laughs> I would have to say it would be learning the fact that as a native English speaker and as an English literature graduate, me not being able to speak English on multiple occasions. <laughs> I can join you on that front. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whether it's like my weird raspy ass voice or giving out like invisible yips. <laughs> or like my, well, the fact that I keep saying like every sentence that I editor probably has to edit out. Hi, Stacy, Or my complete inability to grasp Pretty important acronyms. L-G-B-T-Q plus. <laughs> Boom. Good job. I'm so proud of you. Good job. Yep. So Fantastic. what about you? Uh, I want to say just the, my favorite episode that we recorded is probably the Ancient Death Perspectives episode. Wow. <laughs> I can 100% say I can never say wow now without thinking of you. So thank you. <laughs> See, I'm glad I'm no longer forgettable. If you remember in the first episode, you talked about how forgettable my face was. It was just your face. Your voice is very memorable. And your mannerisms. Just your face was forgettable. <laughs> uh, and to that point, I do still contemplate if it's worse to get stabbed or punctured. That's the age-old question. Philosophers will be debating this for <laughs> decades to come. Speaking of philosophizing... Since you acted as my uh, my spiritual guide through all of this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what's something that you learned though through this season that, that you that didn't is, know before teaching me? That is such a title, spiritual guide, no pressure at all. Wow, okay. <laughs> I, I have to say there's, there's a lot. I think for starters, this solidified for me that this conversation doesn't have to be morbid. It just solidified it. The number of laughing fits that we've had to completely edit <laughs> edit out is thank you, Stacy, and also I'm glad you enjoyed them. Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be morbid. It can be incredibly light and uplifting when you're surrounded by the right people. So again, thank you. And you can learn to make it feel less intense when needed. I also want to say that I really recognize just how much there is to teach and also learn when it comes to depth. And there's a lot of work left to do to make sure that this becomes a normalized discussion. From a technical perspective, learning just how much is needed to manage everything that goes into a podcast, from writing to editing to content creation to coordinating essentially a team, which is so weird to say, uh, it was definitely a learning curve and it was a lot of fun. Shout out to Stacy again for all the heavy lifting when it comes to the editing. I love you. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to Stacey. She's she's the reason we're doing a bloopers episode. Uh, it was yeah. kind of foresight that to keep some of the funny stuff, like mm-hmm. 
There's a random clip of me just saying octopussy. Octopies. Octopussies. I said octopussies. Yeah, the actual recording is octopussy. I must have said it during that segment. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's if you ever wanted a high-def clip of me naming a very specific Bond film, now you got it. (laughs) Um, Back to your point, though. Learning to teach, it's a whole new learning curve in itself. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's a long road to death literacy, but at least it's a road now because before this was just this unknown void, like at the start of this season. And like I said on that first episode, we stared it in the face and said, you're big, you're scary. But that's okay. It's like that. um, So that Russell Brand Instagram video you sent me the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the interview he did with uh, David Kessler, who is a grief and um, who is a death and grieving expert. Yep. One day we need to have him on the show as well. I mean uh, Kessler, not Russell. I've actually I've soured on Russell. <laughs> no, a lot, I know. <laughs> right, I've soured on Russell a lot because of some of the stupid devil's advocate conspiracy stuff he's been he's been firing out of his ass recently. I have not heard those, and now I'm glad. Yeah. He has that way of speaking without saying anything. Mm. Um, let me show you. G- give me a, a simple sentence. Mm. You're familiar with this one. I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> well, intuitively, don't you think that maybe the hatred of oneself is linked intrinsically to the liking of oneself and like the belief systems in which we as a people have established both physiologically and psychologically <laughs> into one another's individualisms. I'm Russell, you know what I mean? I. This is your big voice coming out again to play. And also I have to say, I love when you put on accents, <laughs> like other British accents, because it's like, what? <laughs> it's well, so... <laughs> accents, when you think about them, they're just Oh, like, gosh ways of talking but communication is not a non-linear concept <laughs> i knew you're gonna say non-linear concept <laughs> it's yeah it's just a great thing to say as russell so good. my sometimes when i think about philatimo life i'm like life is death and then intrinsically they're linked and philatimo could be philatimos that is Wow, that is so deep. Emma deep. For those who don't know, Emma's full name is... Emma deep. (laughs) Every time she says deep, I name drop myself. (laughs) Love it. I'm here for it. And yeah, he does. Each time I say the word deep, he he name drops himself. Um, So Russell was speaking about in, in that clip, to his credit, he was speaking about how we embrace death on a cultural and social level right now is essentially non-existent. This has led to, he says, a type of delusion as it comes to COVID in particular, creating a cult of death denial in a sense, which is actually something we spoke about in episode five, Western Attitudes Towards Death. You say the idea of forbidden death or invisible death, because I've got a good topical example of this. Mm-hmm. The COVID denial movement, and I use oh the term movement 
in the same way that leaning over to fart is a movement. It's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can attribute that to the concept of forbidden death or invisible death because mm-hmm. the worst COVID cases and the ICU and all of these yep. end-of-stage cases for COVID occur in hospitals away from most people's eyes. Some people are so far removed from the reality of COVID that deniers then get that sense of confirmation bias because they haven't firsthand seen what it can do to people or how many people are sick. Like I spoke to my friend back home, he's an anesthetist and in the UK, as you can see, the, the, currently the climate is, yay, cases are falling, mm-hmm. this is happening, it's great. But what he was saying is that ICU has been more than a more of a mess than ever before. Yeah. So, and to me, especially living abroad now from the UK, it just highlights how much we're shielded from the horrors of any given situation for our own good. But this is a really unfortunate side effect of it. Is it, is it for our own good though? Like, first I want to say, I'm really glad that you brought this up as an example, because it's the perfect example for the, what we're living in right now. And it's it's true, we're removed from it. And also, we still have the belief that it can't happen to us because we're so removed from it. Like the idea that like, oh, it'll happen, but not anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, as it comes to, to the whole COVID situation, at the end of the day, seeing numbers on a screen does not show the the true impact of what's happening in the hospitals and doesn't show the ripple effects this is happening on people's mental health, people's general health and well-being let alone the medical staff that are being affected by this every day. So just this is such a phenomenal example of, of this. Like we said, the forbidden death phase, we're just so removed from it. In the same interview, David mentioned that death has been so far removed from us that we hardly see hearses anymore in public because aside from transporting the dead body from the chapel to the graveyard, they're now transported throughout our towns and cities in unmarked vans. It's wild to think of how we've become so far removed from it. We don't even see it anymore on the day-to-day. Yep. And like I said back in that episode, there has to be a way to reintroduce the reality of death without reintroducing the horrors of death. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way we can do that is through open conversations, education, and, and death literacy. Yep, exactly. And when it comes also to what else I've learned, I also feel like I reflected more on my own grief journey and the way it's processed in terms of the loss of my mom. Cathartic. Tell me more. Yeah, just it just kind of confirmed that there's no one set way to mourn for me and there's no perfect way to mourn in a sense. And it also doesn't matter how much time has passed, things will always affect you differently at different ages. That's kind of eye-opening because even between two people of the same age, it will just affect them completely mm-hmm. differently. Yeah, exactly. Or depending on the relationship that they had, life experience, it's just, it's so different for everyone. And you know, this conversation with death is far overdue. I mean, think about it. We have tech advancements that can take us to space and back, but we can't sit with each other and talk about our emotions. Like, how does that make any sense? (laughs) It's a fair point. What's all this fancy tech to reach the stars and talk to aliens if we don't even know how to talk to each other? (laughs) right like we're gonna maybe it's better because they're strangers and it's easier to open up to them that said i know 
I know you mentioned you have limited experience with your own grieving processes, for example, or loss as it comes to death. What do you think you learned about it while recording the season? Uh, I would say it would have to be the nonlinear nature of the, <laughs> the grieving process. Because it's not just as I always knew them. It's not just the typical states of grief in order, as I always thought it was. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. All the weekdays, as I call them. <laughs> it's all, it's like, it's not in that order. And then it's all forwards and backwards. And then some of them come back and never really go away. It's like trauma directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yes, it's like when we talked about Edgar Bevins. Big up, Edgar. That's my boy. <laughs> the grief seems to become a part of you, something that you always carry. Some days it gets lighter, some days it weighs more, but slowly, on the whole at least, everything just gets a little bit easier. And, and that to me is really uplifting. It's a little mm. bit brighter than what we thought of in terms of the word grief before. Mm -hmm. It's all about curating vibes in a sense. And that doesn't necessarily mean only having good vibes when it comes to grief and just getting over it and putting it in the past because that's not how this works. Mm. It also just means learning to sit and process the more challenging emotions you may go through. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of challenging emotions, I have reluctantly agreed to <laughs> sign up for season two. Um Reluctantly, season one. He says. Reluctantly, he says. He was <laughs> so excited. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is the end of season one, guys. This is the end of the first leg of the journey. We have so many more amazing episodes on the way for you in season two. Um, you guys are going to love it. There's so many experts coming in, media reviews, all of the cool stuff. Yeah, and that means more great content and even more of Ammo's lame jokes. Ooh, <laughs> I have elevated this podcast and you know it. Yes, I know it. And I know you can handle my comments, which is why I say them. <laughs> yes. Plus, who do we have to compete against? The I'm starting a podcast is the modern version of I'm starting a band. <laughs> like, would you rather listen to Joe Rogan Jr. 836? You know, or we're just four average white dudes with shitty hot takes. Cancel... <laughs> Cancel culture, am I right, fellas? <laughs> oh my gosh. Right? Or a podcast with a Greek goddess Stop and a Christopher it. Walken that reads ancient death poetry, man. <laughs> that is probably one of the nicest things you ever said to me. Long-winded, but very nice. Thank you. I appreciate it. Don't worry. Stacey will edit it out. Stacey will edit it out. <laughs> no, she won't. I have final say. <laughs> Okay, so what are you looking forward to next season? Tease the fans. Oh, tease our foreplay. In the next season, we break down pop culture references as they pertain to death. I also speak with industry professionals about what it means to navigate the conversations around death and why we need to do it. My guests include Mallory McGrath, who's the founder and CEO of Vive Planning, Linda Stewart, who is a life cycle celebrant, Olga Nikolajev, who is one of my Thanatology course instructors, Simone Thomas, who's a funeral director, Irish Dinza, who is a grief support worker, and Nicole Banusopoulos, who is a teacher with the TDSB. Can you spot the Greek? Yes, Simone Thomas, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, sounds awesome. There's going to be on top of that stuff, uh, movie reviews, more fun segments, even some skits. We didn't dive into this season, but in future episodes, I'm excited for when we get to talk about how a death or loss impacts different people, such as children, seniors, siblings, and adults. Season two drops very soon. Be sure to subscribe to stay in the know. Also, let me know what your favorite moments from the season were. That's it. Smash that subscribe button, folks. Like and subscribe favorite. Now you sound like Joe Rogan. Now you sound like Joe Rogan. That's entirely possible. (laughs) Have you ever done ayahuasca? He looks like fucking, he looks like Geodude. (laughs) I don't know what that is. Geodude is a Pokemon. Oh no. I know what that is now. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) So please, 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 please rate the podcast on your chosen platform. Uh, Let everyone know about it because this is an important thing we're talking about. It would mean a lot to Maria and what means a lot to Maria means a lot to me. Because she won't make my life a living hell. Oh my gosh, what is going on? I just want everyone to know I spark joy into your life more than anything else, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) And now we leave you with some slow jam recordings of Ammo and I doing vocal warm-ups. That's right, guys. Even after all the warm-ups, I still sound like this. Enjoy. Bye-bye. E.T., the extraterrestrial, was Mm. extradited on trafficking charges. (laughs) (laughs) The human torch was denied a bank loan. Does that sound good? Yeah, wait, what happened? What? What? (laughs) (laughs) The, The human torch? Was denied a bank loan? That's like me testing my voice. How does that test your voice? Oh, does it? It's an anchor man. What? He does it in anchor man. Who does? Oh. Anchor man. <laughs> Will Ferrell. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I could have been a singer if I tried. I held a tune. I held a note. Held one up. I held a note. It says you can't sing on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Please put that in the the whole interaction. Put it into the, <laughs> the bloopers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Philotuma Life. You can find us online at Philotuma Life. That's P-H-I-L-O-T-I-M-O-L-I-F-E. Remember to subscribe now to join us as we breathe some life into the conversation around death.